0: Welcome in. Welcome in. Welcome once again to the newest edition of three in three out the most unique Seahawks podcast in the multiverse. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Come on out and follow me on Twitter at Clinton Bon. And I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Shelton. Find him out on Twitter at Seahawkers pod. And Brandon, let's, let's always remind the folks if they if, if they're seeing this out on YouTube, right? To do the thing, do the, the things thing, you gotta hit do, the subscribe the
1: button. Uh, All the other things that way hit the the notification bell. That's the other one. So you can you can know when things go live.
0: That's the big one. We are just, you know, like like
1: like prices of
0: Dan flashes. We're going up, up, up. Do you have to do both? Do you have
1: to do the subscribe and the bell or can you can you pick one? Well, you could pick one.
0: Well, you know, that's a great question. I know you could subscribe without hitting the bell. Yeah. I wonder if you could hit the bell and not subscribe. I wonder if there's a. If p, then q, modus tollens thing happening there, um, but they are different. I know they serve a different function. Where the bell will let you know when we're, when we're going live, and the whole thing is you, me, Adam, guest stars. We've been going live a lot, lot, you know, way, way more often. And the uh, the proof is in the pudding because lots more content and a lot more people now tuning in, streaming it, and also getting it from uh, YouTube, which is which is freaking awesome. So for those who maybe you might be new to three and three out because we got some new people chiming in, which is so cool. So for the folks that don't know about it, this is like kind of the opportunity to look at some of the Seahawks stuff, sometimes from a different angle. Like during the year, we're gonna get into the nooks and the crannies and the, the little buttery goodness of, you know, singular plays and, and the, the micro moments we're talking about. In the off season, we just got out of really a awesome draft season there. That, that finale for Seattle was a beautiful draft, but we're gonna bring a slightly different flavor so what you've probably already digested th- two, three, four, seven times over, twelve times over, if you will, as a Seahawks fan, because there's there's more to talk about here when you, when you get to the next layer. So Brandon, you've talked with a a, a ton of different people now at this point. So let's start with the, the the fun stuff, just top to bottom. We'll get we'll get to the we'll get to this this curious stuff we've got queued up for today. This mysterious stuff. However, top to bottom, favorite pick, mo- yeah, you know, whatever, most emotional biggest impact i don't care how you slice it favorite pick of this draft who'd you love
1: well i know there's a, a big portion of well maybe not there's there is a portion of the fan base that is probably just gonna uh not be super happy with my pick but it was a guy that i wanted going into this draft and the seahawks got him i wanted ken walker for the seahawks running back and and they went out and got him and so that that's what made me happy i I looked at the running backs. They're they're fun to watch. And so of the ones that seem like they were sea hockey type picks, he was the guy that I wanted out of all of them. And sometimes to get a good one, you have to pick them early. Second round seems early enough. So I'm happy about
0: it. Yeah. You know, second round, uh, Nick Chubb, second round, uh, Jonathan Taylor, you know, just a few dudes who went early second round who are oh, I don't know, the best running backs in, in pro football at this point, right? Um, and the thing that took me to yeah. it
1: too was talking to EJ and I would have liked to have gotten a center. It seemed like Linderbaum was the guy who, if he would have been in there in the second round and they would have taken Walker over Linderbaum, then I probably would have been a little bit more iffy. But when EJ said that Cam Jurgens is, you know, not a day one right away, plug and play right. like sure thing type player, that's what... Uh, that's what sold me on the Walker pick. So, um, yeah. yeah, of the other guys, I, I like them. We talked before about how offensive line, not, uh, not real sexy as far as the picks go. Yeah. And they wouldn't have gotten well, me I, super excited. And then right. Maffe for the pass rusher. Uh, I like him and, uh, like what I've seen from him. So yeah, it, it comes down. And then really after the the third round, there's nobody to get really excited about. You can even get a little excited, but we'll,
0: we'll, we'll talk, we'll
1: talk today. We'll
0: we'll keep on talking with
1: Walker. He's a dude who could probably, he'll, he'll probably be touching the ball 15 times a game.
0: And there's nobody else
1: that you could have picked up. That's that you could say that about. No, I I,
0: listen. If, uh, if uh, Charles cross touches the ball 15 times a game, we have, we have (laughs) have have challenges. We have challenges. Right. And he's not George fans. Right. Um, No, but I want to like, honestly, that that's my favorite too. And it's, it's a, I like running, I like running the football. I value a team. I look at this team and I go, all right, well, we're probably rolling with Drew Locke at this point. I know Gino's in the mix, but okay. I think it's going to be Drew Locke when it when it all shakes. And the team we're forming around this guy, if he could be a, you know, manage the game type guy, it's actually I'm telling you, we're building a pretty good team really quickly. Dude, Ken or Kenneth Walker the third, he's phenomenal. Like go, just go put on the freaking tape and enjoy. Watch, watch what we just brought into this team. And I'm with you. It's like, to me, the most exciting, I think he's probably going to have the biggest, you know, potential biggest one, uh, year one impact. And hey, you want the running backs in their first four years when they're like 22 to 26 years old and you want to run the crap out of them while they're, while they're super young and Honestly, fairly inexpensive compared to the rest of the NFL. I love the pick. I thought it was absolutely, you know, smash home run. And I and we will talk a bit more later about some other pockets of Seahawks Twitter and stuff like that that uh you know maybe had a different opinion. So so that's kind of the the, the chalk portion of our of our show today was because I hadn't talked to you too much about about that since the draft. Just who do we love, right? Yeah. And there's a lot to love here in the entire class for sure.
1: So now on to the rest, the the buttery goodness without the nooks and the crannies.
0: Right yeah there's there's no there's no nooks and crannies yet but the pad of butter is there it's it's maybe melting on top of a you know some penne pasta I don't know, but do your kids are your kids still into like the the, the noodles noodles and butter yeah. as oh, opposed yeah. you to like the, the sauce. penne
1: you you kind of do a rotation you got the penne sure. you got the bow tie yeah, it usually has to be in the shape of something. So, uh, oh, and then the spirals. Yeah.
0: You do, you do realize that like everything is in the shape of something. So I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure. It would be well, like I, I mean, the the, 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 lingu, the
1: the linguine style yeah. noodles is it, it's generally not the, the go-to I I'm talking about oh, yeah. more compact. Noodle. I
0: got you I got you I, I now I get it. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a rigatoni fan give me that that big fat rigatoni and a, a nice bolognese or alabaca sauce and and away we go and for the kids too the pat of butter the, the Parmesan and 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 their happy campers which which I still I still enjoy so yeah so we're gonna go there for, for the for these next these next segments too so when I looked at this I, and there was a lot of talk also Brandon about kind of the idea that the Seahawks really did some smart things which is great to hear. But also they did a lot of double dipping, right? They they double dipped the chip across the board. So you got your you got your you know Charles Cross, then you go get your Abe Lucas. By the way, loved Abe Lucas's press conference that came out I think yesterday or the day before. Yeah, dude just seems like huge a eh? uh, legit like really holds himself in in a, in a I don't know kind of an alpha way. Um, so but you got that as a first double dip. You get Mafe, and then you back that up with with Tyreek Smith talk about ej again he was really really high so two edge guys really high on smith where he got him you go get kobe bryant you back that up with the freak athlete with with Tariq will uh woolen and then later you also get now does he pronounce it is it Derek or Derek I, I don't know yet on the wide receiver from uh the small I've school
1: really only heard it said uh Darik.
0: I yeah it's spelled that way so you know Derek and then bo's a little bit easier bo melton from rutgers See so double hard dip up up up. on the wide receivers, yeah. Hard, hard screw up there. So of those, and that's the obvious double dips, so the, the surface ones, because obviously we just we just took those dudes. But of those double dips, where's again? It's like where where do you think we really kind of nailed the pair? What, what excites you about that pair?
1: I think the where they nailed the pair is on the offensive line because they didn't have any tackles. We talked about it going into the draft. The Seahawks needed tackles; they didn't have any, and so to go out and get dudes. Who could play tackle? It's kind of important. Again, not exciting, but important. And they they found guys that uh I I think in pretty good spots. You know, obviously with the ninth overall, um, it wasn't one of the top two guys that I know that we had wanted, but it was still, still what was left. And when you're picking number nine, unfortunately, uh, you know, in a draft like this where there were maybe seven guys that they they really would have been happy about because Mm -hmm. I I don't know. You know, Johnson was the kind of other pass rusher that I think we were, we were pegging as a potential guy for the Seahawks. But the fact that they maybe didn't go up and get him toward the, the back end of the first round, maybe says to me that maybe they weren't going to go after Jermaine Johnson after all. So getting the left tackle, Going out, getting a dude who plays right tackle. The cool thing is, is he played right tackle in college. And so many of the other guys, when you select them, they're left tackles in college and then they end up moving to the right side. And this guy just uh, he just gets to keep playing on the right side like a, a normal right tackle.
0: Yeah, which is nice because, you know, we've heard other other analysts talk about that. It's really a, a huge change to go relearn and mir- mirror that if you're just not used to it. So yeah, it is kind of nice to play we, golf as a righty. Get,
1: if if someone right. said to me that yes, if you want to be on the golf team, you got to switch to a lefty, I I may struggle with that for for a little bit.
0: Yeah, I'm a bad golfer to start, and then if I had to go play lefty, I I think I would uh, probably just go, you know, just crash the uh, just take my cart over the nearest hill and and just call call it a call it a life. That's it. I can't I can't do that to myself. Um but you know, you, you said before and, and again, just now that like, hey, the, you know, the OT tackle pairing is not sexy, but it's foundational, uh, totally, you know, but it's like, yeah, but, it's, you know, your infrastructure to your house or the, the brick laying the foundation. Yeah, it might not be the, the glitz and glam on the outside, but guess what? Without it, you don't have a house, like it just doesn't exist, right? It's, it's, and, and therefore it has a, a sexiness. It's just a different type of sexiness for me. And then from a real, real the, the same level
1: of sexiness as two by fours, <laughs> oh, definitely, oh, definitely,
0: absolutely, <laughs> hacksaw, Jim Duggan, the whole thing already, the American flag, you know, I, I love it, I love it, man. Um, so if we're talking about a different uh, double dip that I'm really excited about, it's not, it's not the Bo Melton and and uh, you know Derek Young pairing per se. It is for me the Bo Melton back to back with D. Eskridge last year. Mm. So taking it back to like. I mean, last year I'm like, "Hey, man, we have got to find that third wide receiver. Freddie Swain doing a nice job. He looks like a great, like really good fourth, you know, wide receiver NFL. Can he play third? Maybe, but he kind of does. He kind of does the similar things that Tyler does, but just not as good. You know, uh, not not quite there yet. Which to me means okay, you know, pretty good fourth, but that really special talent of what I think D. Eskridge could still be and. What I think Bo Bo is also, man. Dude, dude running a four three something. He was recruited to all sorts of places, went to Rutgers because his his parents, I think, taught theirs is what I heard or went there. They went, you know, there, originally. Yeah. They went there. So he was kind of a, you know, just kind of following their their footsteps. That's kind of cool. But Rutgers was a disaster. And and I love the idea of the double dip is nice because if you miss on one, well, your chances with redundancy of hitting on one is much, much greater. And I think what the, what the uh, Seahawks were doing with Bo is still looking for that, that third wide receiver. That is the DS type. However, however, Brandon, then I went and watched quite a bit of Bo Melton tape. There's plenty of highlights out there.
1: Yeah. And Do, does he I remind was, you of D though, when you watch his highlights? No, yeah. no. Which, which Seahawks receiver does he remind you of? Tyler Lockett. Exactly.
0: That he is not, I mean, he's not around the line of scrimmage. He is not really, you know, can he work the middle? Sure. But he's not working the middle. He is like a master craftsman on his, the way he sets people up. He's got jets, but he's not twitchy fast out there. He's just fast, fast. And how about the toe tapping? And we probably saw that highlight too. Toe tapping in the back of the end zone. He looks like a professional polished guy. And I'm like, oh my gosh. This is the K-State Tyler Lockett video, but just on a Rutgers team that was kind of crappy. Yeah. But man, Bo, Bo Melton, he is not the D Eskridge pair. He is the heir apparent to, I think, Tyler Lockett in two to three more
1: years. It, it felt like that to me watching it too, because I went into it. Maybe you went into the, that way too, thinking that, okay, with the speed, yes, they're just looking for a guy who can be similar to Eskridge, maybe play some special teams. And I think a lot of it was just with the way that he used his feet reminded yes. me of Tyler. And yeah, I, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't get that out of my head after watching that.
0: Yeah. It, Cause you watch Tyler, even back then it's like, okay, the dude's quick, but he wasn't like, again, he wasn't like twitchy quick. He was always very, you know, always fast, but there's a difference. There's kind of a difference in, in that, in that type of d that is that scatty, you know, sudden suddenness that, that he has. Tyler doesn't have suddenness. He just is, he's just fast. And, you know, and of course he's lost a little bit of step after breaking his leg real badly, but he still gets tremendous separation on, you know, on the flag and posts and all all that jazz. That's exactly what Bull Melton looked like. It wasn't like, Oh, he went from zero to, Oh my God, Tyreek, you know, Tyreek Hill quick. It was just, Oh, he's opening it. Oh, look, look how he set that, that DB up or that safety up and drew more like, Oh, he's, He's wide open again now. The Rutgers quarterback, yeah, you know, had trouble hitting him quite a bit. Yeah, had trouble hitting him, but that was kind of cool because then you got to see Bo get up and and get contested balls too. And and man, the tape to me, I was like, holy crap, we got a seventh rounder who is screaming to me that this guy could be, of course, um, our next Tyler Lockett, and that that was super exciting. And you know, I know we now are mentioning EJ Snyder for the third time, but I also know that him and many others had a much higher grade on Bo Melton than a seventh grader. So that was, that was super exciting.
1: Seventh rounder, but yeah. <laughs> seventh grade. What did I
0: say? <laughs> seventh grader? Yeah. Not a seventh grader. Right, right, right. And I, I, I haven't even had a drink
1: yet. We talked about this. Jeez. Oh man. Yeah. I, the, where are we going next? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Let's get, let's get out, get out of
0: middle school, right? Let's get out of it. All right. So the other the next area that I was thinking of, Brandon, that's like, okay, the 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 obvious stuff and then the not so obvious stuff to talk about. To me, it's like we go get Tariq Woolen. That is the the rangy, wiry, freak athlete. What do you run? A four two six?
1: Yeah, four, I, I, it was I, four two. I, I, who runs four just, two? Honestly.
0: The, <laughs> who throws a shoe? Not not me. I don't run a four-two, man. I I I always I have pondered. I could like, run a four I
1: two. I I could easily run a four <laughs> two. It just depends on the amount of distance we're talking about here.
0: Sure, sure, exactly. That that's correct. And so you know you you get the woolen pick, and it's exciting. You know, small small school, USTA, I think, right? UTSa. Yeah. UTSa. Yeah, still, seventh, you still have had a drink. Seventh grader, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, right? So tomato, potato, whatever, however you want to slice this thing. So, you get Tariq and that's, that's the Pete Carroll pick and, and they're going to they're, they're gonna try to you know, mold that guy and bring him into the system. Now, the, the non-obvious thing I want to talk about is I want to write a little love letter to DJ Reed. Okay. I want to say, you know, I, wanna, I know he's gone. I know he took the money. I can't blame him. I, I kind of wish we still re-signed him. He's off to the Jets, which by the way, the Jets are built. I've been saying it for over a year now. The Jets are building a very, very good team. Yeah, he's over to the Jets. They're quite good. Speaking of Jermaine Johnson, right? They are the ones who came back up and got and Johnson. They got Johnson. Gardner
1: with the yeah with the fourth. Yeah, pick. man.
0: The the Jets are building a very good football team, which is fine. Yeah, good. go ahead, just go go be good because it only happens like once every thirty years for that franchise. It's all good. Um, it really, it really does. They've been dreadful. Uh, Chad and Pennington, that, though,
1: the the last successful uh, era of uh, of Jets teams.
0: Yeah, well, you know, yes. And, and, and the one uh, you know, year of Arv. Well, no, San- Sanchez went to back-to-back oh, right, right, right. Yeah, AFC okay. championships. Oh. So, you know, yeah, got to give Rex a little Ryan credit. Yeah, you. the sexy Rexy. Um, but the non-obvious part that I want to write the love letter to DJ Reed is saying, you know, hey, listen, DJ Reed came in off of the scrap heap of, of the Niners. They didn't think he'd get picked up. Super savvy. We bring him in. And it kind of proved that we can go with the shorter arm guy. Maybe not the short guy, but the shorter arm guy. That doesn't have to be the exact mold that we always take. We take Trey Brown last year, Boomer Sooner, dude. I was in love with Trey Brown before the injury. I, I was this. He was showing out so nicely, so excited for him to be back. And then this year, we go ahead and we take we take Kobe Bryant, and and Kobe Bryant. Yeah, he's a little taller, right? But we're talking about that. He's not the prototypical guy. He's not that. He's not that fast. He's not doesn't have the long arms. And I kind of want to all trace it back and say, DJ Reed, you know, kind of thank the maker that when you came in and stepped up and played, it broke the pattern of saying we have to go get this kind of guy. And it has really opened the aperture quite a bit. And I'm excited for a player like like uh, you know Kobe Bryant. I think just straight up a really good sound corner. And I'm super excited to see if, if he can maybe win. One of those cornerback spots as we head into the season.
1: Of the two corners that they did get, my my money would be on Bryant being the one being good. I think that Woolen has the biggest bust potential. And and you talk about guys that when you look at them, when I when I look at Woolen, I see a faster version of Trey Flowers. So mm. uh that's not necessarily a great thing because yeah, okay, you can run really fast, but um, yeah, I guess then maybe you're catching up to guys after they beat you. Or I, I love the way that he hits guys. I, I love the speed aspect of it too. With him coming to the Seahawks, it's probably the best possible outcome. But there's a reason why he lasted to the fifth too.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially with that that kind of athletic show show off of you know that that he did at, at the combines, right? Because look, um, if, and if you was... think back,
1: do uh, you remember Obi Melifonwu? That everybody was like, oh, here's a Seahawks dude. Mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, he has all the size thing. He had all the athletic traits and I don't even think he's in the NFL anymore. You know, what is it? Three, four years later.
0: I don't think so. It's been, it's been a long time since I've heard that name there, Brandon. So, uh, <laughs> and, and I, you know, of course we wish to nothing but amazingness and Hey, like, yeah, go be the next Richard Sherman and, and shut us all up. And at the same time, I just love the fact that, you know, with, with Kobe, you're bringing in a dude that seem, seems to me like you could put him in and I don't think he embarrasses himself on an NFL level day one. Like, you know, give him enough time to learn the system and do what he's got to do. And just enough chops, enough time against really solid competition and go opposite the corner who they just avoided. So like, you know, teams had no choice. They would go at Bryant over and over and over again because they would they would never go to Gardner's side. And the dude showed out. And one, one more thing: Have you seen the jawline? Have you seen a photo of freaking Kobe Bryant's jawline? Have you, have, have you taken it? I think it back I in have, hand? but
1: I, I don't think I, I don't think I, I observed it for all that long. It may, it may have just been a, 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 yeah, cursory glance.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. That you know, folks should go Google images of, of Kobe Bryant and maybe even jawline, and just you know, just be ready to be impressed with a. Uh, with what this dude's face looks like, because he, lo- he to me, I'll just give a, a hint. He looks like he's like chiseled out of like a, would like say like a thick Marvel hero. You know, like his jawline. Oh, like specific- uh,
1: remember when Squidward had the? Did you see the SpongeBob <laughs> where Squidward had the face? Yes,
0: yeah, so the, the, the handsome Squidward. Yeah, yeah. yeah handsome yeah, Squidward. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 like that, but it's even like wider and like like thicker, blockheady. But still, in, but still, in a way that's like, uh, you know, it it it, it fits him real, real. It's real suitable to him. Um, if if there's some '90s comic book fans out there, I'm sure there are some X-Men. Uh, if you remember the 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 character, the time traveling character Bishop, mm. so Bishop kind of came in and out with Cable, and he's just got this gigantic square jawline. And man, oh, man, Kobe freaking Bryant, like I was like, holy crap, this dude looks he's a he looks like Bishop. So I don't think I'm giving it away because I don't think people know what he looks like. But please go Google it. Check out Kobe's uh, jawline and tell us what you think. We we told you we'd get into the into the nooks and crannies here, at least at least the butter pants. You know, even
1: I I still can't get over the the Obi-Wan line that uh, with (laughs) Obi-Wan Melifanwu. And I am excited to watch the series that's coming out at the end of May now.
0: Absolutely, I I did not know until I think yesterday that it's only a six part series, but I don't really. That's six a, hey, part, whatever, eight dude, part, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll, I'll celebrate the entire collection, right? I watched I watched the trailer. I'm like, holy crap! Like I'm in, I'm all in. Obi Wan's amazing. You and McGregor's amazing. People pan and trash the prequels. Uh, okay, they're a hell of a lot better than the ones that came the the last three that came out. I'll tell you that much. And you you McGregor was.
1: The, the the other part you said was incorrect, but we we don't need to get into a Star Wars uh, <laughs> argument here. But.
0: not not a Star Wars podcast. So we'll, we'll, we'll mosey on. Uh, it's okay that I'm right, and you're less right on that one. It's just a take. It's it's a okay. Uh, but that's but but speaking of takes, this this is this is what they call a segue, Brandon, a segue in the industry. I, I love had, how he
1: pulled out of that nosedive. Well done.
0: <laughs> we we were prepping earlier, and now we're now we're segueing,
1: right? This it's like we're night. professionals.
0: It's uh, yeah. Well, hey, listen. When those super chats came in, and we made we made the money as draft professionals, it really really uplifted the really embiggened the spirits. There is what it did. So, the last thing I wanted to call out was kind of like no matter how you sliced this draft, unless it was the national media, like some of the national media people that get like, oh, it's an F.
1: They didn't, they didn't take a quarterback. A F. So
0: F minus. So so stupid. They didn't take a you know. They didn't take a work in progress quarterback. Yeah, we we got one. That's why <laughs> yep. we have a big armed work in progress quarterback. We don't need another one. And I, I did, actually did like before I make the the points here. I like Carroll's statement. I think that was yesterday or day before. That kind of just said, yeah, if Drew Locke was in this class, he'd be the first guy off the board.
1: He would have been. That's.
0: Because the more you watch Drew Lock, yeah, there's some bad there. Throws off his back foot a lot, but he also puts friggin' balls in some windows that are that are just straight up pro, pro, pro throws. And again, this cast of characters they're building around him that like the, the ability to work the middle and run the friggin' ball. Okay, it's a
1: great cast of characters that Geno Smith will be throwing to.
0: <laughs> we shall see. Maybe maybe that's a Dogecoin bet right there. Who uh, you know who who takes the first snap for the Seattle quarterback you know, this year? I do
1: feel like there is a team Geno versus team Drew kind of uh, thing brewing here. It's uh, similar to the the Russ. Well, gosh, I I think there was a little bit of the you know let's see what Russ has when when Matt Flynn was first signed on. It's like, why do we even get this Russell Wilson guy? Matt Flynn's going to be the guy going into this year. And then he wasn't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, There's there just, there seems to be more, uh, around the, the team Gino versus team drew here.
0: Yep. And you know, we got a YouTube comment did last the last, actually, you know, last time you were on, I think that was with DJ with that post draft. And so, and someone called out and said, Hey, he's like, why don't you guys recognize that Gino Smith had like a one Oh three passer rating, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I don't think it's like a, it's a couple things for me there. I don't think it's like a non-recognition that Gino was at least pretty good in in some of that. But I also think it's like, look who we played. Like, look who we, like the competition was like Steelers who were not a good team. Saints who were like just mediocre teams that we went through that, that Gino period. And what? He only beat the Jags. I mean, beat the pants off the Jags, but like it was that little period of play was like, we had to have a few more wins. We didn't get it. He played well versus the Rams until he didn't. Um, and it's like, I think you've said it a million times and Adam said it too. It's like, we I think we all know what Geno Smith's ceiling is. And I don't know. I wouldn't be excited about a six or seven or eight win season as a potential ceiling. Drew Locke, we could go four and thirteen. I could see that
1: happening, sure. But I, I also think we could maybe And some people would games. actually prefer the the four and thirteen option. I think.
0: Yeah, I'll take the four and thirteen Denver Broncos. That that's that would be the, the let's ride curse. I, I'd like to. I'd like to have. So now,
1: if, but, now but, if both but, teams yeah. finished four and thirteen, then man, we we would own the the draft in twenty three.
0: Whatever we want, whatever we want, right? We would. We literally would own the draft and, and be. But the best be option absolute. is
1: for the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl with Geno Smith. And then the Broncos (laughs) to only win four games or maybe even three. And then we get the Denver Broncos first overall pick. And uh, yeah, you have the best of both worlds there. You win the Super Bowl and you go into the draft with the first overall pick.
0: And you tried to sneak in with, Geno Smith there and you probably thought I wasn't listening, but I but I'm listening. Uh, You know, I think the best scenario would be Seahawks win the Super Bowl, but with Drew Locke, because then it's like, okay, well, he's the dude and he's the young guy. So we're good. And then you take your high pick and go do whatever you want with it at that point.
1: Now one of us is being ridiculous. And I was trying, <laughs> I was trying right. to live in an, in a just somewhat version of reality, but okay.
0: Right, right. No, no problem. So either, either way, uh it, it'd be, it, we it'd can, be we good can if We could agree
1: on the winning the Super Bowl part. That would be yes, that would I, be outstanding.
0: I, I'm with you on that. And then back to the uh back to the the point that we, we had gone down to start with was no matter how you slice the draft. Uh, again, besides the national media, who are just they're not very – they're not focused on areas and, and regions of what does what a team actually need. They're just looking at the, the big board and, oh, he didn't take a quarterback like we said. It was funny. It's like the folks who know real hawk talk and, and Nemhauser, right? Okay, cool. They, they were like, oh my gosh, Ken Walker, Kenneth Walker. And they're not saying he's a bad player because I listen to their stuff. They're not like, oh, he stinks. They're like, no,
1: he's really good. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody saying that he's bad. It, no, it, no, which is the, very the, different than the Rashad Penny argument because yes, uh, yeah. I, th- I think everybody, well, a lot of people didn't even watch Rashad Penny going into the draft, which would describe me as a lot of people. Yep. And so <laughs> then it was more of going back after the fact and trying to justify why the Seahawks would have made the pick of Rashad Penny. Whereas this one, I went into the draft knowing that Ken Walker was awesome. And they ended up getting him. So I, I feel yeah. a little bit better about my position and uh, objectivity with regard to Walker this year.
0: I 100% am with you on, on on that take too and that train, because when Penny got picked, I was like, oh, I was like, all right. OK, who's this guy? And I, I'm not a huge college football guy. And, and, and back then, whatever, that's now sheesh, five, you know, five drafts ago. Right. I paid a lot less attention to the the draft process. There was just less information out there. And I was not as into it as I was the last, last two years now. Um, but I'm with you. But you get the real Hawk Talk guys. And again, they're not killing. They think he's a good player. Well, and, uh, it's and dumb, Michael Sean. Yeah,
1: just not to, not to just, you know. Yeah,
0: Michael Sean. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right? And it's a dumb for pick. both it's, of
1: them. They, I,
0: yeah. It's it's not the place to take that value, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, I, I, I just, I can't. I do not subscribe to that line of thinking when when you very likely could go get, like we saw it said, the next Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, the next Nick Chubb. I, dude, every time's a good, wherever you get that guy's a good place. If, if, if there's a quote unquote redraft, but you know what Jonathan Taylor is now, you tell me he doesn't go in the first round. Right. If it was, if you rewound the clock, of course he goes in the first round. He probably goes in the top 10. Cause, cause the, the value is evident once he's on the field. So, so you got, you got that, you know, that compartment, but, but still, At the end of their recap, you know, they're like, yeah, but this, this draft is an A. They're like, he's, you know, that, that, that's an issue. Rob Staten, night number one, you had him, you had him on, sullen room, 3 a.m., something, you know, in in the, the UK, wherever he is at, not a fan of the Charles Cross pick. And yet when it comes through, he's like, he's like, this is an A plus. This, he's like, this is an A plus draft. And then you got dudes like EJ from bootleg football who put the Seahawks, I think it was Seahawks. Texans, Jets in there in his top three recap yeah. to say these were the elite of the elite. He's like so many teams did really well. He's like, but these three teams absolutely crushed it. And for the Seahawks to be up there, man, like that was the thing that was like I wanted to kind of kind of unearth and bring out is besides the national media who I don't I don't think they know what they're actually talking about, people had different takes and maybe one or two felt a different way about a player. But the overall pool was like, wow, this is a stellar, stellar draft. So I wanted to unearth that and present it to you and just say, how does it make you feel?
1: <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's uh, it does feel like more of the, you know, does it have to do with the all of the the Rams fan uh, media out there that are just a homering for L.A. and anti Seahawks? Is that the reason mm-hmm. why? You see some of these negative grades or is it really just all about the quarterback and everyone seeing that as a, and not everyone, but uh, those people that that graded the Seahawks draft lower? Was it just simply that they saw the need at quarterback? They didn't draft a quarterback. And so that was immediately for them a whiff. And to me, that seems like the easiest, you know, lazy laziest, kind of explanation laziest, of, yeah. of why you would make that choice. So I, I think that's all it has to do with.
0: Yeah, that's the lazy National media, And, you know, I get it. If you're covering 32 teams, are you actually covering any of them? Not really. Right. That's just, it's pretty impossible to do that for, uh, with, with depth and, and with actual knowledge. And I would lump on there to say too, you know, we didn't go get an edge in the first round either. We talk about like, we didn't, we didn't solve our QB problem and we didn't go sexy. Yeah. We didn't go Jermaine Johnson at nine. Right. So it's, it's a combo of, well, Seattle has pass rush issues. And they don't have a quarterback. And, oh, they waited all, They waited for, you know, Boye Mafi in the second. And he's a bit of a project. But then you got Tyreek Smith, who is the opposite of a project. He's, you know, when I look at him, I was like, oh, man. I was like, I got really excited last year about the Kerry Hyder signing. <laughs> I got really excited. I was really into it because I thought that dude, because I watched him the year previous with the Niners. And I was like, man, great target to help us fill in. Uh, and he really wasn't good this year. He was... Re- very very underwhelming and then just one and done with Seattle. Um with Tyreek Smith, I kind of see the same burst and things like that with Kerry Hyder. However, you know that just that doesn't just mean he goes in that hole and that that's who he is as a Seahawk. You know, it's like I'm hoping I'm hoping to be proven wrong there, but also where they took him and the level of play and who he went against, dude, he's 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 an, he's also an elite football player. Like, let's put on earth, you know, like not that many people get to play at Ohio State at that level and then get drafted. We're talking about creme de la creme to begin with. So it was an exciting, you know, it's exciting double dip even there on the edge, too. And it's like when they, when I take the step back and look at the last two years of drafting for Seattle, we talked about this last time, Adam, uh, with Adam, was that like, I really think Pete has mentally flipped a switch with Waldron. And change direction. Obviously, with Russ, it's totally different, but drastically changed what they want to go do offensively, while still being true to the Pete Carroll, "We're going to run the ball." Um, and and I, I think, and I'm just very, very enthused about we're heading into into the summer, going, man, this is not nearly as bad a roster as it was whatever like rewind two three four months ago it is substantially better and uh that's exciting man
1: so when i looked at comps for and and you said uh smith kind of reminded you of hider a little bit uh the yeah. one comp for me i i went back to um uh, he kind of reminded me a little bit of of jacob martin okay. so which is a guy that they picked up in the sixth round ultimately part of the trade that uh that brought in uh Clowney, Clowney, Jadeveon Clowney. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So
0: I mean, that was I. I like Jacob Martin. I th- I thought he was a nice piece, you know. And and if you're getting a piece like that in the in the fifth round, that could stick around for, um, you know, two NFL contracts, three NFL contracts, even if it's with different teams, whatever. Then then you hit what for a fifth rounder, you hit a sure it's not Sherman, but that's no. That's Jacob the, Martin, the fact the that he's
1: played in the league for this long, yeah, that's a yeah, that's, that's a hit. That's on, a home run. Yeah, absolutely, go.
0: absolutely a hit. So one last thing I want to talk about today was for me a miss. For me, a little bit of a miss. Okay. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to anger the German fans because you know still, <laughs> I don't want to anger any Germans I, I, at all. Um, and with that, we had talked about last year when when not the schedule came out but the opponents came out. I was like, oh man, Seattle's in Tampa. I was like, I, I've got, I've got a, a place down in Florida that, that I could mosey on down to, and it's just an hour South of Tampa. So I started hitting you, you and Adam up, you know, right after that, that came out. I'm like, dude, as long as it's not like Thanksgiving or something stupid like that, like that's it. Let's let, let, let's go to Tampa. Let's go check that's that out. The road Great game. stadium. Yep. That's the road game for, it was going to be for me, easy get. And if people wanted to come, then I had a place to host and then they go and move that game to freaking Germany. So it's uh, I'm pumped for our German fans and, and folks over in the UK that are going to get there and, and travel from the States. Um, but I have but I'm, I'm this is I'm about you. You're disappointed. About <laughs> you wanted <laughs> yeah. you
1: wanted to see it in Florida. And uh, now it's going to happen in Germany. And I, I feel like you're holding it against the NFL and your feelings and as to why you're already deciding that you're not going to go. Like not even, I'll wait and see and see how things go. Maybe I can work it no, out. I You're like, to, no, I don't want to lie. It's not yeah, happening. No, I, I'm I, not going. There's no way. I'm out. I was,
0: I was asked on Twitter by, by uh, Nils. Right. And, and then uh, Christopher beast 24 out there who I know are both German. Uh, and they're like, Oh, be, are you coming? It'd be awesome to meet you which, Hey, I'm tickled that, that you'd like to meet me. That's, that's great. And I would like to meet you. That's awesome. Um, no, I'm just not, I'm not going to go to Germany to watch a football game. Just not, not happening. So it's, I, I want to be upfront and honest. And I'd rather provide clarity as, as opposed to the, Oh, I got to wait and see. I don't want to string anybody along. You know, it's like folks are going to have would a be great a time. Fun.
1: Would be I know awesome. get the,
0: get the giant beers, do the whole thing already. Uh, you know, and, and have, have the bells ring and whatever the heck happens in Germany. It's all fun. I heard it's a beautiful stadium. I'm sure it'd be a fun time, but no, I I'm, I'm out. I'm out. And for that reason, I'm out on the, uh, on the Germany trip early. However, however, I do pledge to find another game this year, I'm supposed to go to the Houston game this last time. And, and that just didn't happen. So I will find a game. We don't got to wait too much longer. May 12th, right? We're talking what?
1: Tuesday? Coming up Is next week. Tuesday? Yeah. We're yeah. going to knock out maybe a live show as the, as the schedule releases.
0: Yeah. I, I'm in, I have, a uh, some baseball it's Monday, Thursday, Friday next week. So when is the draft?
1: Is it Tuesday? the The schedule release is the twelfth. They aren't going to draft teams uh, as part of the schedule. <laughs> this is not
0: FCF. No. Yeah, I'm all, I'm I'm all over the map today. But so what is what is the twelfth? Is that a Tuesday? Is that a Wednesday?
1: What is that? It feels Tuesday-ish to me, but is I don't. Thursday. Have a, I'm not looking at the calendar.
0: All right, I'm I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. It's, it's Thursday. Thursday. It's Thursday. Okay, there we go. This this is this is uh, very compelling uh, compelling stuff. We're here.
1: right at the end, people. We're we're gonna land this plane here soon.
0: All right, here's the good news, folks. I have no game on the 12th. I am free on the 12th. I'm in to bring it out on YouTube and do some live reaction and get fired up to see who we're playing. That's not over in Germany. Well, I think with that, Clinton, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.